0: Digital Marketing Radio, episode 204. How do you foster creativity?
1: DigitalMarketingRadio.com
0: Broadcasting live on the Digital Marketing Radio Facebook page, this is the weekly show that prizes actionable advice from today's top digital marketers. Catch up with all the previous episodes at DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain Hello, I'm David Bain, and today I'm joined by a man who who's returned to the company he co-founded to lead it into a future based around creative collaboration. He's the chief executive officer at Hytale. Welcome to DMR, Ranjit Kumaran.
1: Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us, Ranjit. Well, you can find Ranjit over at Hightail.com. So, um, Ranjit, uh, do you think that creatives tend to be a little bit protective of their creativity?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's no surprise, it's really the creative process is so emotional, deadline driven, and uh, chaotic, that that's, that's how we end up here. And uh, you know, a lot of what we'll talk about today is, how did the creative process end up this way? And I think uh, that that's really what we need to start to unpack to figure out how to foster creativity.
0: So do you think it's actually possible to develop creativity? Or is it more of a natural instinct?
1: Well, I think, I think uh, creativity and collaboration go hand in hand. The best ideas come from having multiple viewpoints and often we find the creative process is more protective than inclusive, so that's uh, that's what we try to solve at Haidtel.
0: Okay, good, good, good. You go into a work environment, you see many creatives there and I guess you you wonder, is it actually possible to move into that profession, to select that as a career after having done something else? Um, do, do you think that's um, more common nowadays than it used to be?
1: I think so. And I, I would say I'm living proof of that. I remember uh, coming out of college. Uh, this was during the, uh, the, the dot uh, com era, bubble 1.0, as I like to call it. And uh, you know, all sorts of people I knew were going off and starting companies and uh, businesses and creative businesses. And I thought I'd never be that guy. But you know, given the experiences I had and you know, the network I built, you know, I was able to really move my career into more of a you know how do you create value, how do you create new products uh, in that direction.
0: Okay, so it's more the the management of creativity now um, that you're involved in rather than actually the creative process itself.
1: yeah, a little bit of both. so um, so my job here is to to lead the company to build new innovative products and solutions around managing the creative process and how do you get teams together to do their best work and um, you know creative content is becoming more and more important, I've seen uh, in a number of your shows where a lot of, a lot of the focus around um, you know, many marketing organizations and creative organizations is around content marketing. So you know, while the channels of um, how to reach people with different formats are exploding, we're really stuck in the, the old ways of using tools and using processes to try and keep up with the demand. And we're not adding any resources either. So I think it's, it's, it's all a big, a big, uh, big ball of wax there that, uh, that needs to be addressed.
0: So do you think it's still quite a common approach to study um, a design type subject to become a creative? Is it still quite common to go to university, for instance, or is that not so necessary as it used to be?
1: yeah, I, I think so. I mean there's a there's a strong part of uh, company building now. There's, there's a lot of companies now that are you know design led and you know those are professionals they've you know studied their craft and um, you know have a lot of experience. but you also see things like the maker movement where you know um the ability to build products, especially software and uh, prototyping, has really been democratized. So uh, there's more and more people that just take it up as a, as a hobby. You know, I've got a 3D printer at home that my children are using. They're 11 and nine, and they're <laughs> they're in there with their their CAD program, churning out new toys and things like that. So I think I think that uh, that's that's really you know been democratized over over the last even five years.
0: That's incredible. Um, what are your just brief thoughts on how that's going to evolve? And um, I guess how many people are going to have that sort of device in their homes in maybe five to 10 years time?
1: Yeah, I, I'm definitely a big believer in the in the maker movement. Even when I was coming up, you know, I'd be tinkering with the old Apple 2 plus computer or just electronic parts that I'd, you know, find around the house. Uh, but you know, the, the barrier to entry for something like Computer, uh, you know, uh, uh, computer-aided manufacturing and design. That was a huge barrier. If you ever remember trying to use tools like that, you had to be an ind- industrial designer, and uh, you know, super technical to use that. Today, you can do it in the web browser. So mm. today, you could go and create a free account on on places like Tinkercad and just start moving blocks around, and suddenly you've got you've got something that you can spit into a three D printer, and out it comes an hour later, right? So, so I think it's come a long way. Um, you know, it started with software. Then we started seeing it with things like Arduino and, and, and hardware and things like that and technology. But now it's you know more more manufacturing as well.
0: I didn't have the privilege of using an Apple II computer, but while I was at school, I actually used the the BBC B. If you if you remember that as well. Okay. <laughs> and um i just yeah definitely yes it is absolutely yes i just remember a couple of lines of code and um then the next line go to go to then go back to line 10 and then something would repeat and, right. uh, it's a it's, it's a wonderful place to start certainly and just incredible how it's actually moved on from there yeah we um at, at high we
1: sponsor um and um uh, camps and programs around tech and it, it's interesting to see how in an hour they can start creating games and interactive uh you know media and things like that so, so we're we're big fans of that
0: okay great um you're just c- cutting out a little bit actually from my end so so hopefully um things will work out okay and um i, I see the picture is just getting a little bit fuzzy um so okay. we'll, um, i'm sure we'll um It'll resolve itself. But um, um, a follow up question that I wanted to ask is: um, What would you say is are some of the most important skills to learn to be a creative in 2017?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know definitely. There's lots of resources out there. Um, when I was getting into digital design and things like that, you know, I was on Lynda.com learning things like HTML, CSS, and and Photoshop. So a lot of this stuff can be you know self taught these days. So if you have an interest in it, there's lots of resources like Linda or even on um, YouTube that uh, give you these, um, you know, quick tutorials that you can make a lot of progress in a short amount of time. I think it's also you know important to build up a, a network of kind of like-minded you know, creatives and, and teams. And that's really what we focus on is, you know, none of the things that we do uh, can be done, you know, on our own. So how do we build up our network of, um, of uh, you know like-minded people that we can you know potentially start ventures with or projects with, and uh, that that support system is is uh, super important. And also, being able to you know, collaborate on uh, on visual projects, of course, is a is a super important skill. And that's you know kind of the bulk of the conversation today is around how do you you know modernize your creative process and uh, unlock that
0: creativity. Gary Farmer in the um, Facebook chat saying Linda is cool, so um, that gets it another cool. vote there as well. Um, I've used it a little bit as well, I've, I've tried um, Udemy, produced a course on course Udemy as well and of course there's so much content on, on YouTube as well there's almost um, too much content now, nowadays and that kind of relates to what you're trying to do as a creative so you know, as maybe a creative team, how, how do you get together or perhaps even just as an individual try and produce something that is different compared with so much that is out there at the moment?
1: yeah and I think that's a that's a real problem uh, that we come across so you know we have several thousand enterprises you know using our our um, solutions and the number one problem we hear from them is there's kind of an explosion of creative content and different channels. so you've got you, know, you used to only have the newsletter but now you have you know uh, infographics and you have uh, videos and disappearing photos and things like that. so there's the sheer number of you know, different media types has exploded. And typically, if we're modern marketers, we like to test what we do. So we've invested in testing systems where you're creating five versions of the same thing to test. So that's, you know, that just compounds the problem. So I think um, you know, the, the focus, uh, now that we've invested in, in um, the content marketing systems, now that we've invested in the testing system, is really get back to focus on how can you make the team you know, more productive? And a lot of that goes around, you know, modernizing uh, the creative process. Um, As we were talking about earlier, a lot of, you know, legacy creative processes have come from a place of scar tissue and pain and, you know, unreasonable, you know, demands and and creative processes for teams these days are more of a protection mechanism than to unlock creative potential. So, you know, bringing the team together, you know, how do you give early access to, um, you know, versions to your, your client and how do you, you know direct their feedback in such a way that it's useful for everybody to kind of land this thing on time those those are those are where I would start
0: do you find that creatives in general are naturally collaborative or do people prefer to be a little bit more insular and um, be creative themselves and own what they do themselves and they're a little bit protective
1: I think in in high velocity high stress uh, environments like agencies and you know content marketing teams there is a lot of stress there's a lot of uh, um, there's a lot of scar tissue where the teams are almost trying to protect themselves. It's you know the, the first thing you need to do is fill out a, a job requisition form, make sure all the you know eyes are dotted and, and T's are crossed, and that that kills kind of the collaborative nature of of uh, of, of creativity right out of the shoot. So you know if you if you do not pass go, do not collect uh, you know, two hundred dollars right away, and uh, that that's really the, the place to start is you know how do you how do you bring the stakeholder the client whoever your audience is, uh, into the creative process to get early access to creative directions? And then how do you make it easy for them to engage and give the right feedback at the right time?
0: Right, okay. Um, I'm always a little bit scared of saying um, eyes are dotted and T's are crossed, actually, because I always think I'm going to say eyes are crossed and T's are dotted, but that, that, that's a <laughs> something else there. Um, but you, yeah, I've you- done that before. <laughs> you, you mentioned the word um feedback there and that, that's obviously essential when you're managing a team and obviously managing a creative team as well um are creative people generally a little bit uh, precious about their ideas that they come up with have you got to be a little bit careful when you're managing a team of creatives
1: yeah i think there's definitely that kind of that creative pride but i think um you know in in the environments we're talking about where Things like content marketing are exploding. They know they're you know, under deadline to produce good work, and the problem is really not um, you know being being pressured with, with the feedback, but uh, being accurate, being timely, and focused. So I think uh, both sides. I think on the creative side, um, getting better at asking for feedback and what's the type of feedback. So rather than throwing something over the wall and saying, "What do you think of this?" That's you know you're you're going to get a hundred different opinions about the font or the uh, the you know the 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 style of the of the design or personal taste you really need to focus in on um, how can you how can you focus your your audience's feedback to hey what do you think do you like A or B you know versus what do you think of this one and and you know really really start that dialogue early
0: and I guess the other thing that's coming more into it nowadays is the technical aspect of creating something because I guess it depends on how you're creating something, but um, you do probably have to think of the code behind something, if it's something for online, if it's video, uh, if it's perhaps some kind of animation. Uh, Do you have to be quite technical nowadays to be the best creative?
1: Well, unfortunately, I think that's that's the world we've come from, where this feedback and uh, the assets are scattered across Many different uh, tool sets, many different uh, systems. So, you know, when we go into an account, we typically see a lot of things that are trapped in email when they're trying to get feedback. Some other things are, are trapped in uh, shared folders with, you know, underscore v1, underscore v2, and nobody knows which version is which. And um, other, you know, task management systems—they're um, all kind of bolted together to try and manage this process. And there's a lot of context switching, and uh, decisions are revisited because they're in different systems. So that's that's what we've been trying to do is how do you, regardless of what type of project you're working on, create a project you're working on. If it's a video, it's an image, it's an Adobe document. How do you get it all into one place so that everyone knows where to go to leave feedback? You can go back in time and figure out what decisions were made rather than you know revisiting it by email, chasing people down. So so I, I do think that the number of formats, the different types of formats, the tools, and the repositories have become fragmented. And that's a, it's a big part of um, you know, the pains in the creative process today.
0: Great. Okay. Well, in a moment, we're going to be moving to the second part of a conversation. So that's um, where I'm going to be asking Ranjit about the software that he couldn't live without. But first of all, have you purchased a copy of Digital Marketing in 2017, the book? 107 digital marketers in one book, all sharing their number one actionable tip for the year and written by me. So check out the reviews and grab your copy over at digitalmarketingin2017.com. But let's segue into the second part of our discussion. So that focuses on Ranjit's thoughts on where digital marketing's been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So Ranjit, what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success?
1: So a lot of our marketing success at Hytale um, depends on the end user experience. Our, Our product is highly viral. And it has to be really intuitive to use. So we're constantly working on um, you know, different, different workflows and different experiences on our on our website or on our mobile apps. And I'm a pretty hands-on guy, so I like to use whenever I get an idea in my head. I use a balsamic. I don't know if you've ever used it. It's I a mock-up and, and prototype tool. Yeah, it's balsamic with a Q. Okay. I'll shoot over the link, but uh, to mock up new concepts and uh, mobile experiences. And I find that um, you know rather than rat-holing on. Uh, which control or which you know, design direction it has just enough fidelity to keep people focused on the big ideas so i like balsamic a lot
0: superb okay well i love hearing new tools new platforms that i don't think i've heard of before um so i'll certainly get that link and, and uh, share that in the in the show notes, show notes afterwards there as well but slightly more challenging question and that is what piece of software don't you use but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future
1: Sure. Yeah. To kind of tie together my entire creative process, you know, once I'm on balsamic, uh, I usually use Hightail to get feedback and review. Of course, so I have to do that plug. But um, you know, I, I think further down the the stream, uh, a couple of things that that I wanted to try were uh, Intercom. You've probably heard of Intercom, yeah. which is the, you know, it's a gives you an easy way to communicate with online customers and manage your social CRM. So when our solutions and content is out there in the wild, better ways to manage that. Uh, interested in that and. We're already already a customer of Crazy Egg, uh, which is kind of a website analytics tool, but they have a new um, uh, website recording solution that I really want to try out.
0: Great. Okay. Yeah. Crazy Egg, that's by Neil Patel, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and then Heaton, I know
0: I know Heaton actually, so I, uh, I've met Neil a couple of times. Great, okay. Well, I'll, of course, um, include those links in the in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com, but uh, moving on to... I wish I would have. So, I'd like you to look back in the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently?
1: Oh, wow, that feels like that was like the 1920s when I, when <laughs> I started that, but... Uh, but no, it was in, in in all seriousness. You know, it was a different era when uh, when I started Hightail. Uh, you know, uh, it was called you Send It back then. I don't know if you know that, but we re- we branded the company from you Send it to Hightail. Okay. But um, you know, when when we launched the service, um, I think we knew from day one that we were building something that had to appeal to the end user, had to be easy to use, and um, and it may sound obvious now, but we were one of the first companies that were selling over the top of you know grassroots adoption. I think the kids call it freemium these days. But, uh, you know, that's that's what we were doing. And uh, you know, what 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 in retrospect, what we didn't do well was kind of the messaging was still, you know, big enterprise speak around security and, uh, you know, and, and efficiencies. And, and I really don't think that that was you know, the, the way to go.
0: But it was it was so long ago. You know, it's funny that you said it feels like the 1920s. It was probably just um, 15 years ago or something like that. But uh, it was. Uh... Yeah,
1: it was. Uh, it was 2003, 2004, when we kicked things off. But it was, you know, it was a different time to, it was, yeah. to launch it. Was, it was
0: before social media, anyway.
1: That's right. That's
0: yeah. right. OK, well, let's move on to
1: the this or that round.
0: So, this is the quick response round. 10 quick questions. Just two rows here. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So, use it wisely. Sounds good. <laughs> ready to go?
1: I was born ready to go.
0: <laughs> Twitter or Facebook? Twitter Facebook or LinkedIn LinkedIn mobile or desktop mobile email marketing or web retargeting
1: I still like email marketing
0: website or app both paid search or SEO I SEO quality or quantity quality email contact form or telephone number
1: Telephone number.
0: Social subscriber or email subscriber?
1: Email subscriber.
0: And local marketing or global marketing?
1: Global marketing.
0: You still managed to get through it, even though you use your both on website or app, wasn't it? Or
1: Website or app, yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. So does that mean that it's moving towards one, but just in the middle at the moment?
1: Yeah, I, I think especially for our business, um, you know, kind of the experience, is the website. So, um, you know, we try to build experiences that people can get into really easily. It's a collaborative solution. So, you don't have a lot of time to learn new uh, environments and, you know, set up your team and set up your milestones. So, we, we try to make it friction free to get into the service. So, that, that really kind of blends the onboarding that we do when you're know, kind of that logged out stage and, uh, you know, how do you carry that over into the application so that you're all set up and, and ready to go. So, it, it's, to me, it's, it's the whole experience.
0: And in terms of app, is iOS where it's at at the moment, or is Android catching them?
1: Well, for for design companies, it's definitely Apple-centric. So we see a huge, a disproportional amount of our our usage come from iOS and and Macs.
0: Okay. The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success?
1: Well, we're we're already pretty good at talking to our customers, but we do um, most of it online, like kind of what we're doing today. And it would be great to do more local events to get like-minded customers together, and um, you know, discussing design problems and creative problems, and you know, helping them help each other. And you know, hopefully, we, we get a few more clients and a few more uh, you know, prospects out of out of those meetings as well.
0: Okay, okay, face to face still very important for your business then. Absolutely. My number one takeaway. Well, Ranjit, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listener needs to take away and implement in their business?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, you know, we've talked about creativity today, but thinking about why that's important, I think it's really your, your content pipeline uh, is a strategic asset. So you know, start thinking about the content that you create as vital to your, your, your marketing uh, success and uh, you know, get better at that. It's a mess right now to execute on creative content, and it's going to get worse and worse as new channels come up. And if you know, the the best teams right now are, are looking to solve this with better tools and
0: processes. Is it better just to, uh, to add another question to that? Is it better to focus on just one or two channels, or be as many places as possible?
1: I think it's always good to kind of understand your target audience. But these days, you know, my second company was a um, was a loyalty analytics company, and we found that touch points for a brand or a company or a business you know span five to eight different channels these days it's not just email it's just not just your blog but you've got an app you've got social you've got twitter and uh it just gets you know uh, more complex so i think it is important to tie all those things together
0: okay great well that takes us to the end of our discussion today so thank you so much for your time and your advice what's the best way for a listener to find out more about you and what you do
1: Oh, well, I'm a pretty easy guy to find. If you go to Hightail.com, uh, uh, we've got our blog. We've got uh, different webinars. Uh, you know, I, I host some of those, so you can always reach me there. And you can email me, uh, Rangit at Hightail.com. I probably need to spell that at some point, but uh, I'll, I'll let you do that on your site. and uh, like you know, you. Twitter's Twitter's not a bad place either at Rangit
0: Superb. So thanks to Ranjit, and thank you, dear listener, too. If you have an opinion on what Rangit showed today. Tell us what you think. So the Facebook page is facebook.com slash radio, and you can tweet me at David Bain. Plus, remember to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. So you can do that at digitalmarketingradio.com slash iTunes for iPhones or digitalmarketingradio.com slash Android for Android devices. But until we meet again, be fantabulous and do one thing that scares you. Adios. Thanks again, Ranjit. Great show.
1: Thanks a lot.